Uncommon is a production by Neural, a full-service digital agency. If you want to grow with a premium agency and have the ability to work with Jordan directly, then learn more at neural.com slash media and request a callback. That's N-E-U-R-A-L-L-E dot com slash media. My name is Jordan Michaelides and I'm the host of Uncommon, a show that asks the why on business, media, current affairs and sport. If you like this episode, do leave us a written review on your podcast app, particularly if you're on Apple Podcasts, as it does help the feed work out. If you like this sort of content, find all previous guests, just head to neural.com slash uncommon. For the full video, you can search Uncommon Show on YouTube. For social, you can keep up to date with behind the scenes at uncommon underscore show on Instagram. But with all that being said, let's get into the episode. My guest this week back on the show is Zoe Demkew, uh, founder, of course, of Bake Me, Cake Me, and as I was saying before, McDonald's connoisseur. You've had a look at the questions? Yeah, briefly. Briefly. <laughs> sort of got one page and I was like, that's enough. <laughs> uh, how, how is the wrist? The wrist is improving. Um, I have obviously, I've turned to the fabric wrist brace today because I just think the pink was a bit yeah. full on. But it's very on brand. It's yes. Um, it is for bake me cake me. The black suits my attire today, so blend that in. And this one is also more appropriate for driving because okay. I shouldn't really wear the uh, the brace for driving the splint because if I get in an accident, I can actually be oh, sued. Wow. Really? <laughs> yeah, they're like you can wear it, but if you get in a car accident, maybe just quickly whip that off. Interesting. So I'm like, oh, I'll just have a fabric one, thanks. Okay. And so we were chatting before in the kitchen that basically. You've got pretty much everything that can possibly be wrong with an arm. Without Carpal, breaking it. <laughs> yeah, without breaking it. To be honest, though, wouldn't you prefer you broke it? Oh, probably. The pain was that bad. I thought I broke it. I like was in nerve tears. Pa- nerve pain is is a different oh, type of pain. It is different. A break is like uh, very acute, and it's there for like maybe a week. But then oh. after the bruising goes down, it's sort of uh, you're in a cast or you're in a boot or whatever yeah, right. thing that is protecting it so you don't really notice it. Mm. You just become really weak in that sure. hand. Like all your muscle withers away. But, um, yeah, nerve pain. Lauren gets really bad sciatica. Oh, like yeah. so bad that she can, she'll be like crying in the middle of the night if yeah. she moves in a wrong way or whatever. Yeah, it's very painful. Mm. And it kind of just comes on at any point. Like I could just be sitting on the couch and doing nothing and it just, there's like this shooting pain. Yeah. So, and I've had, yeah, I've had it before in my mouth as well. Like, it just comes on like, I don't know, it's just really random. Like in your jaw? Yeah, well, more so with my teeth when I got my teeth whitened. They were like, <laughs> so be careful of that nerve pain. And I was like, okay. And then I'd have it in, have the whitening strips in, whatever, sleep, I'd be fine. And then, like, get out of the shower, just immediately get this nerve pain that was just excruciating. Yeah. So we you using, like... Um What's that brand that everyone uses oh, on Instagram? No, I bought it from my... I went to my dentist. Okay. So, so you, I did it. It's just my teeth are very sensitive, so they're like, you can't get the one done in the chair. Uh-huh. So just do this take-home one for two weeks. Why do you think they're sensitive? Do you think it's because of all that sugar? Oh, probably. <laughs> 100%. As a child, I had like seven fillings. Jesus. I'm surprised these are still intact. I, I've still not had a filling to this day, but I do get sensitive teeth. I don't know what it is. It's mainly when I go from... Uh, like really cold stuff fucking yes. irritates the back of my teeth. Do you use Sensodyne? Um, no. <laughs> Maybe you should try yeah. it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my dentist has mentioned that. No, like, Sensodyne is great. So when you are whitening your teeth, you're meant to use Sensodyne to brush it, and that's helped so much. Okay. Yeah. I wonder what's in Sensodyne that is making that. It's mm. going to be some sort of like numb. I don't know. It's not that take like it tastes horrible. It's not my like you eat the toothpaste, it. but it's not that no. Nice. But you can taste toothpaste. How weird is toothpaste? You got a toothpaste. Oh, job, I've got a toothpaste <laughs> job. That's so weird. We're talking about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's it, can you talk about it? What's going on with that job? Um, this will be out. In yeah, two weeks. so it'll be out in two weeks. Yeah. Um, no, so it's basically a job for Colgate. It's great because it's my first kind of big corporate job that I landed um, post coronavirus um so i've obviously lost quite a few clients because of that say universal pictures they're yeah, my I was thinking about biggest that, yeah. client but um 
I don't know, when are you even allowed to go to the cinema? It's a good question. I, I was thinking know. about this the other day. That's the one thing I'm really missing. Yeah, I love going to cinema. Love yeah. going to movies alone. It's great. I, yeah, it's going to movies alone, the smell of the popcorn. I think people started to realise that there there will be value. Like, cinemas will never completely go away. That no, always... and I think but that's great. I love yeah. going to a cinema. I don't, like, you can get everything, stre- you can stream everything, but I'm like, it's not the same. It's, it's really not. I've actually been sitting there a lot recently watching Netflix or Stan or whatever other platform or buying, because we've got an mm. Apple TV. Because yeah. I was like, oh, we can buy movies. <laughs> yeah. like, we can watch all these movies, <laughs> but no movies are coming out. Um, and it's just not the same. Nah. Lauren's like, oh, fuck, I really want the smell of popcorn here. And I'm like, I don't need popcorn. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. Like, she brings out a popcorn maker. <laughs> that would be funny. Oh, that would be cute. What about, that'd be a good ISO purchase. I wonder if that's on Oh, my like, sister has one. She, she would really? have something like that. Yeah, it's cool. It, it, it fully, it's a miniature version of what you get at a cinema. Yeah. So it pops it out and, like, it's red and... I remember um, aesthetically pleasing. We went to an event. Marty Fox uh, from White Fox Real Estate had an event oh, in yeah. Turak. They were doing like a there was a Simmons Homes had built a home, like a mm. new modern home in Turak, just near the village actually. Yeah. And they had like this whole opening night and Porsche Melbourne were there and all these different groups and then there was the most pop one of the most popular guys there was the the popcorn maker man. Really? Yeah. yeah. And they had one of those traditional, very fifties sixties yeah. looking cool. thing. Very so. cool. Well, yes, back to, sorry, back to Colgate. Do you still want to know yeah, about what it's for? <laughs> so Colgate, um, I, I believe they are bringing out a new product that is meant to uh, remove stains for the past, like, 10 years. So their whole concept was, like, winding it back to 2010. Mm-hmm. So we've, you know, done this whole concept about cakes that they're kind of winding it back to the top music tracks of 2010 so like Justin ah, Bieber, okay. Bieber, Lady Gaga so it's kind of got this like um, the cakes themselves are very they're obviously in the Colgate colours so they're going to be like chocolate mud with um, white very white buttercream um, and then they're going to have I bought, I went to a sprinkle my sprinkle wholesaler yesterday and picked all these like perfect red and white sprinkles to decorate, and then they're all about this like karaoke vibe. So it's not just the cake that these media influencers are being sent. They're being sent like the Colgate products, uh-huh. the cakes, like a karaoke like microphone, a list of the top ten tracks. How did that come about? Did they just reach out to you directly? So no, Colgate obviously went to. Well, it was a PR. Firm. It was a PR company. Yeah. So then I've known. Um, specifically Amelia, who I spoke to from, I think the PR agency is Stark Matthews. Um, she works for them. And I've known Mill for many years. I, I feel like I probably met her when I was modelling, to be honest. Really? A lot of these people now that I work for or with, they, yeah, it's just from people that I've met over time through modelling. Yeah. It's a big one. It's, it's interesting how that always helps you. Like I remember some mm. of our first clients were people that... Um, yeah, we'd, we'd worked with in similar industries, but they were definitely mm. not the same mm. industry. And they just come out of the blue, out of nowhere, and it's like, fuck. Mm. Like, fuck. And it just goes down to, like, the power of the network. Totally. I it think. is the power of the network. And something my dad always told me, like, you know that quote, it's like, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. Dad was always like, well, it's not who you know, but who knows you. Yeah. Because they're always going to be the people that are going to help you. Yeah. It's a good one. I like that. He was a man of many quotes, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. You love I, the quotes. Do you know, I was because I've just about finished. Actually, Lauren just moved all my fucking books. Uh, those are the last books I've got to read on the right. Yeah. But um, I've been building up a list. I remember there was a book that you mentioned that he used to read or talk about. Zorba the anyway, Greek. <laughs> I've actually never watched. I've never, I've never read that. Either. But I've watched the movie. I've never read the book. Yeah. Zorba, I, I've never done either. I yeah. should because Dad had like four copies and it's I really a, it's should. It's a very, very good movie. But the quotes are like, yeah, great yeah. in there. Um, I've been looking at like books of quotes recently. I've been uh, enjoying that. Or like old English uh, like mm. sayings and idioms yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, now, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> well, what have we been asking everyone when we did these remote interviews was – Okay, we, we were sort of learning about this thing in January and I didn't really suspect mm. it would be anything. Mm. I actually remember going on a podcast in January and saying like, oh, it'd be nothing. Yeah. This would be nothing. And that was mainly because I have a friend who's a dad, whose dad's an ep- epidemiologist. Yes. And he's like, 
yep, this will largely be nothing, but then I don't think we realised, like, how much China withheld no, exactly. at the time. yeah. And so uh, I remember, yeah, I remember, like, wholeheartedly believing him and he's, like, I mean, he told us, like, a few weeks later, like, we don't really know what's going on here. This is really serious. Mm. And I remember when, like, there was that run on toilet paper, not in Australia, but in Japan. Yes. And Hong Kong. Mm. And because we'd been in Japan in October during a typhoon. Oh, wow. And that had happened. And so I thought, oh, okay, this is really fucking serious. Like, people are taking <sighs> this really seriously. Sure, yeah. So what, what was that like for you? What was the moment? So the moment... It hit my business, are you saying? When or? you really started to take it seriously. Not when it started to, you, you know, there would have been moments where you thought, okay, yeah, that's understandable. This person's being cautious about whatever. But, like, yeah. I remember on that Friday the 13th too, by the way. Yeah. The Grand Prix was cancelled. Yes. Fashion Week was cancelled. Yeah. And a bunch of, and the Comedy Fest was cancelled. Yeah. I think when it first, so I too was watching, like, random bits of the news during December, January, and I remember seeing footage of this guy just like passing out in China. Oh, uh, yeah. Falling and I was onto like, falling onto the pavement, yeah, that, I that video. And I was like, wow, what the heck's happening? But I still just, I kind of just almost brushed it off. I was just kind of like, well, there's nothing happening here. So it's that's not fine. Here. So I still kept working, everything. And then obviously the toilet paper thing was just full on. I also was helping my sister move house. So this is my sister okay. who's a GP. When was the, what? Oh yeah. So they yeah. moved into their new place in Q in March, I think. Okay. Yeah, wow. so it would have been like early March. Fuck. Possibly Feb, but I think it was early March. And Dara, he is an anesthesiologist, um, and he works at St V's and all this. And he too was like, "Oh, don't worry, it'll just blow over in a couple weeks." Like this is before they moved into their new place, so maybe two weeks prior. Okay. He was like, "Don't worry, it'll blow over. It'll all get contained. Like two to four weeks, it's fine." Two weeks went by, and he was like, "This is serious. Like yeah. we do need to like shop for a pandemic, like stock up." So he, I remember, yeah. Steph and I were moving this stuff into a new place. Daryl was at work. I'm holding the baby, the brand new baby. <laughs> the other kids, I don't know what they're doing. They're just like watching Peppa Pig or something. And then mum's helping Steph move all this stuff. Dara comes home with like 30 bars of like hazelnut chocolate. He's yeah, got toilet paper. That. He's got these water bottles. He's got all this stuff. And they, obviously Steph, sh- they obviously shop at Coles. Yes, they do. Um <laughs> I think so. Yeah, Coles. <laughs> they must if they've got these bottles. I think it's this one. Yeah, it's, it's Coles brand of bottle. Yeah, and yeah. then <laughs> I remember <laughs> Steph said something funny. We're, like, moving all this stuff into the new place and she's like, oh, Dara, you think you could have had some variety with these 30 blocks of chocolate? <laughs> he just bought all hazelnut, which I thought was pretty funny. It's a good block, but it's yeah. like, come on, man. You can get sick of it. Um Anyway, so he was like, you got to shop. And then it's also we had that other period where people are like, don't panic shop, don't panic buy. But then you're kind of in this, like, fight or flight mode. You're like, well, fuck, you've yeah. got to survive. Like, maybe yeah. you should panic buy. Anyway, I never really did that. I just – I was then panicked about – then it kind of – a couple of weeks went by and I was like, well, I went to the supermarket, couldn't get any eggs. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. They yeah. are – how many eggs are at a supermarket? Like, yeah. Couldn't get any brown. First of all, there was like the flour was going, then the brown sugar. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Is everyone just baking now? It's yeah. like, that's great you're like doing that, but like. So this is when you really started to notice, and this is what we we're talking about downstairs when you had to barter for our yeah. brown sugar. So I'm just contacting people. I'm like, shit. To all of my girlfriends, I'm like, does anyone have any brown sugar in their house that like they can drop off to me? at home so I can use and like I had so many orders coming through from these like New York City chunk cookies. Yeah. So then that's when I sort of had a major freak out about that and I was like shit I've got a lot of pre-orders that I have to get done Um, because I also didn't want to let people down like I wanted to I still hadn't had my mental breakdown then so I was still (laughs) like running on this like thing and then obviously the post stopped delayed Mm. so I drove around one time 200 kilometres around Victoria. Mum was yeah, like, Zoe, this that. is insane. Like, you yeah. can't go from, like, Templestowe to... I don't even know where I went. I just went everywhere. And I'm like, nah, I just got to do it. And then by the end, I was like, wow, I really shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I remember when when that happened and you had, like, a post on Instagram on a story about... Um, 
you, it was like seven or eight p.m. and you were like having a Macca's, uh, yeah, like break for dinner. Yeah, and then I always then you then you were off to uh, like Berwick or some shit like that. It was just ridiculous. And then I missed a suburb that was right next door, and yeah. I was like, "Fuck." Do you know what? Actually, it's really interesting looking at it in hindsight. That is what was happening to you was literally what was happening to the rest of Australia with, like, the breakdown of supply chains completely. So first it was the ingredients and then it was shipping. I remember Lawrence sent her mum. Her mum's birthday was in March. No, April. Start of April. And she sent her a bottle of gin. Never Mm. arrived. Mm. So she had to rebuy another one saying it was closer that could be delivered. Same thing happened with Mother's Day with Interflora Flowers. Yeah. Um, So the bottle of gin never arrived, but then, like, literally two weeks ago, the gin came back to us. Mm. (laughs) Right. So I I think, um, yes, I remember talking to Lauren. It made us very sad to see you so upset. It was was Um, just... But it was sort of... I don't think it was your fault. I think it was just, uh, you know, when you're in that situation, you don't realise, like how fucked the situation is. No, and I think it was it was very stressful for me and I'm sure for so many other bakers because I still get a lot of stuff from the supermarket um, and obviously when that was all gone, I was just like, holy crap, I have so many orders. What do I do? And that's when I started talking to um, Bodhi who, funnily enough, worked at the same cafe in New York that I did but mm. I was there one year prior and he hooked me up with this egg supplier. And I was like, oh, thank God. And then I was like, what about brown sugar? <laughs> brown sugar supplier? Anyway, and then I got on to... Oh, it's such a beautiful community of that bakers, especially in Melbourne because that's where I'm from, but, like, we just help each other out. So mm. I, I couldn't... I was so overwhelmed by the support of customers, followers, buying my product. Obviously, it was winter. Everyone's stuck at home. They wanted comfort food. So I got all these orders and, like, I was so grateful. But at the same time... I just kept taking them on to try and fucking sustain a business. But yeah, then yeah. at the same time, I had no resources. No way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was mean, like, why? That was so stupid. <laughs> I remember um, we ordered some because I said to Lauren, oh, fuck, like this is going to get bad for people like her who are in this. So we were focusing on people and friends that were in the hospitality sort of mm. space and buying stuff. And then um, I remember you were just like, fuck, I'm just going to give everyone refunds. And I'm curious, in hindsight, do you think – that helped at it, that moment? It helped me mentally. Yeah. Like, I looked at the bank and I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I've, like, these people have been so good to me. Some, I did email, so also my system on my online system on Shopify, I could not work out with the help of my girlfriend who's in this industry how to email everyone with a remaining order at the same time. Uh-huh. So I had to go through every single order individually <laughs> And I like to personalise things. So I write their name. I personalise every message. So I said, you have the option of this, this. So I first said, like, this is what's happening. Launched it on Instagram because that's where I, that's the first platform I go to. Then I sent them all emails and I gave them the option. Most people said they wanted a refund, mm. which I just had to cop. Like, I, I've, it's hard because I'm very emotional about my business, but I also had to, had to say, well, this is a business. Yeah. So I just have to give them their refund. And that was fine because mentally for me, I would hate to be waiting for four cookies for, like, five months. Like, yeah. And also people lost their jobs. It's like, fuck, just give them the refund so they can use that money to, mm. you know, buy some dinner or something. Like, that's fine. So, and then I had some loyal people that are still very loyal and are waiting for their orders. So, obviously, in New South Wales, I did fulfil quite a few orders. Yeah. But then when I did my wrist, I physically could not make any more. So, the, the remainder 10 orders that I had, I just emailed them again saying, what would you like to do? Some said refund, others were like, we'll wait two months, three months, whatever, we're happy to support you. So that was really lovely. Um, So I'm hoping when this podcast is released (laughs) they have got their cookies. (laughs) Um, But that's good though. It's not not a, um, you know, ten people minus a few that got a refund. It's not a massive – it's not as overwhelming as what you probably previously had. Yeah. And it's still – Oh, there was a lot. Still brand consistent. Oh, there was a lot of, there was like thousands of dollars that I refunded. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the amount of people now that are left, it's... it's oh, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're also the ones that are like very loyal to my business as well. Mm. So I think they're, they're very understanding. But also to the people that wanted a refund. I have no biggie with them. Like that's... Yeah, yeah. That's just business. Like I would also maybe want a refund. Yeah. So that's fine. Um, what, what did you learn um, in hindsight? What are you going to change about the business 
So basically, last year when we spoke, I sort of had just been doing those chocolate biscuits all the time, um, which sold really well. But then I kind of became a workaholic (laughs) and I sort of put my hands in a number of pies or cookies so I was like, let's do this Colorado cookie, this insomnia cookie, Tim, Zim Zam, Miss Minty, Jam and Wagon, let's do this, this, like so many different cookies. And I didn't even realise, like, that's a shitload of work. Mm. Like, you know, and then I kind of created this pick and mix idea where people can like, you know, it's like picking your, you go to a lolly shop and you pick and mix the what flavours you want uh, of the lollies. Yeah. I sort of wanted to do that with cookies. So I did this pick and mix so people could choose. I want two of those. I want three of those, one of those, which was great. But it was just too much work for one person to take on. I mean, I did have my pastry chef last year who was great and he helped me in a really stressful time last August. But he's gone to Sydney and I was very supportive of him going to Sydney and fulfilling his dream and whatever. So then it was back to me and I just, yeah, worked way too much. In hindsight, I really shouldn't have... Anyway, I did what I did, passes in the past, but moving forward, I found what my niche is as well so obviously that's at the moment those chunky cookies the new york city chunk which Mm. i've been wanting to do for since i got back from new york but it's just like things just get delayed and whatever and i wanted to do them with a lot of integrity so i wanted to do them well i wanted to market that differently i think before i used to just sort of like be run off my feet and think like oh this is a good idea let's just put this on instagram and launch this without really thinking about budgeting without thinking about um the the quality of the products like I wanted yeah. to sort of investigate the best chocolate and the best suppliers and wholesalers and then you know really get my packaging like down to a T and I wanted matte pink boxes and I wanted them to a particular size and I wanted this confetti and then a lot of people started using the same confetti as me which is great for my confetti lady like she's booming but <laughs> I'm like well that's I want a point of difference now so yeah. she's we've got a custom mix just for me that has no plastic that's another thing I wanted to change I uh-huh. didn't want to have plastic anymore interesting so I've got the cardboard boxes and all of those chunk cookies come in paper bags with uh-huh. a stamp and then I have cards that now explain you know thank you for purchasing this is where the story about the cookies are from. This is how you eat them. So if you want to, like, reheat them, you do it in an oven for, like, 150. If you want to freeze them, you do this. And it's obviously got the ingredients on the back of the card. Uh-huh. So I just wanted to th- really think about how to market that well. And also I'm all about creating, like, hype around a product launch now. Mm. So I like – this is something that I learned in VM with Lauren. And it's all about, <laughs> like, experience and creating that hype uh, before you launch, and also what I learned in my fashion career too. Yeah. You know? Well, it, sa- it sounds like really you realise that you need to simplify things. Yeah. And because, like, I reckon COVID has actually been a really good opportunity for people. Like, mm. for, for us as an example, we were doing, like, 80% of the work we were doing was video-based, and then COVID came along. We were doing website stuff and some paid media and uh, maybe social stuff here and there. But we were not advertising for that type of work and then we realised as soon as COVID happened that we had to advertise for that. Sure. We had to get our um, our own supply chain of freelancers and videographers that we mm. use way better because we were getting – we were just completely overwhelmed. Yeah, exactly. Um, like even now I'm hiring because I, I was completely overwhelmed. For like We changed all our processes. We invested in like – Little, even little software for managing client mm. projects. Like previously, it used to just be all done in Google Drive and shit like that. Yeah. Which is good, but like, you know, sometimes it just can become too much. It is, it does. It really does. And that's exactly how I felt. It was just all too much. And it wasn't until I sort of had this breakdown during COVID, I finally, like last year, I thought I reached my limit. But then I just pushed myself a little <laughs> bit further. Doesn't la- the end of last year seem like so naive in hindsight? Like it, I feel it, like it really was. October, November last year was intense for us. Yeah. But in hindsight, it's actually not, not. Even December, like for me, like so Easter is probably my busiest time of the year. Yeah, that because makes people sense. are always eating. <laughs> yeah. So Christmas, but they want treats. They want and treats, sweets, whereas and... Christmas is still busy, but. Not everyone wants cookies, you know. People buy other people Christmas presents that have nothing to do with food. So I also, Christmas time is the only time that my family kind of come together from other parts of the world. So I really wanted 
to have time with them. So mm. I was like, look, I can take on these other orders, but maybe I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> so I just sort of made the decision to like only make a certain number of things. And I had a, had a lot of self-doubt that like, shit, is this really what I want to do? Like as in, sorry, the products that I launched for Christmas. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, is this the best thing that I can do? And like I look back and I'm like, wow, they were great. Like <laughs> those gingerbread men looked fabulous. Like I put way too much effort into those. <laughs> but like... I also thought that was a changing point because I remember September, October, I talked to some of my girlfriends and I was like, I'm not in a good headspace. I feel like I still want Bake Me Cake Me, but it is affecting me in a negative way yeah. mentally. But I think this just happens being entrepreneurs. You sort of highs yeah. and lows. And- the ma- massive highs and lows, but also because what will happen, as you know, is you start doing a new thing and the adrenaline and the excitement from the new thing is there and then it wears off after about six months when the consistency of it and that's what that's where I think that's the point where you realize you've got to get other people to be doing that thing because I reckon the best job about an entrepreneur is the excitement it is and that's what you needed so when I was constantly just doing the same thing and also repeating that process in the kitchen I was like it's just fuck too, this. it's fuck this. It's <laughs> yeah. like, it's just too much. It's like, I have to think of all the ideas. I have to do the admin, the social media. I have to actually do the kitchen. I have to do the packaging. Like, thank God for my mum. She's a real queen at the packaging, the tuck yeah. shop flip. But I'm like, this is just all like too much. I don't even have time to sit down and think of a new product. Yeah. So December, I actually just had all this time to like January, especially because everyone goes away. No one buys cookies yeah, yeah. in January. January, it's my birthday. Also, my birthday is, like, at a sh- shit time because no one's here. <laughs> I'm like, I always have a shit... Like, I don't always have a shit time. It's just, like, I like to go away for my birthday. Uh-huh. So I'm somewhere else. Yeah. Because if I'm in Melbourne, it's like, well, I don't have a beach house. I don't go down to the you beach. You don't go down to, like, Sorrento or Ports here or anything Yeah, like, like, I do go down a bit to Rye and things like that, but only for day trips, really. Some okay. My family used to get a place in Lawn, so I would always That's go right. there. Um, but oh, Nick's now you, living in Venice, so you 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 guys had a holiday house in Mount, Mount Eliza, Ma- Mount Martha. Martha. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So Lauren's parents live in Martha Cove, and we'll try to go down once a month. We didn't see them yeah. for three months because of COVID. So I love doing that, but um, I actually yeah. Apart from that, we don't really go down and stay there because I find that Melbourne just moves down to either side of the east and west coast. Yeah, yeah, they do. I I like staying away from people during that period. You need to get away, and it's like everyone's down there. I think the best thing to do would be just to go away. Well, that's what I mean. I used to go to Bali all the time. Uh So, like, for for six, seven years, my family would always book Bali. We went went for New Year's one year. What's it like during that time of year? It was rain season. (laughs) Okay, so there's very little tourists. Oh, no. I would, but I haven't been for, like, four or five years. But I used to go with my sister Jackie she would always get villas and would go as a family and that was the last place that I went with my dad on a trip so we they were like what do you want to do for your 21st do you want a party with your friends or do you want to go to Bali and we can take like your best friend we can have the family there my godparents ended up coming up as a surprise and I'm obsessed with Romeo and Juliet I just every movie that I watch I swear is like a love story (laughs) um in a weird sort of way but they, my sister helped, did this whole theme of Romeo and Juliet for my birthday in Bali. Um, mm. And I'm just so glad I took that trip because that was the last time that we were all semi there together as a family. Did, but, you, um, did you know that at the time? Well, no, because my dad was still fine. He wasn't sick Well, like then. he had his, my dad had a stoma. That's bag, right. That, yeah, so he had that and that was fine, but it wasn't until, so that was my birthday's Jan. So we went for like, um, January for like two or three weeks to Bali, my birthday, and then I came home, worked at my fashion job, and then I went away to America. And then that's when my dad's, his cancer started in his, he got um, lung cancer. Right. Before I left to America, and I was like, oh, mum, like, and dad, like, maybe I should stay home. Like, I think you need some help. Like, and dad was like, no, Zoe, you need to go on this trip. We'll Uh be fine. And then when I came back six weeks later, he literally could not walk. Jesus. It just, and then we're like, this doesn't make sense. Like, he'd been diagnosed with Parkinson's. But we're like, this doesn't make sense. Like, how can you just go from, like, getting a few shakes to not walking? Yeah, I don't understand that. Um, well, he actually had spots on his brain on the cerebellum. So, so, so it just shows that it had been there longer than... Well, uh, it is. Yeah, so he couldn't actually 
um, he wasn't strong enough for chemo. So when I was away, he was doing chemo and he just was not fit enough and he couldn't cope with it. So then they went back to radiotherapy and that just helped to shrink the tumour. So it kind of went back from... My recollection is it sort of shrunk in the lungs, it shrunk in the brains, kind of kept shrinking, but it did go back and forth. And then, you know, for the last six months, it sort of just shrunk. We went to rehab. I used to go from the hospital around the corner. I Mm. used to be at Freemasons quite a bit. Really? Yeah, so... That stuff is super scary. I mean, Lauren's dad had a scare recently. Oh, yeah. So it's it's not... not The worst bit about it is the... um, like all the fucking testing. Yeah. Because it takes so long. Yeah. I didn't realise how long this stuff can take. Yeah, I didn't really go, like, I don't really remember. I think I just kept working. Like I, I needed to keep yeah. myself busy. It was only until, and then when Dad would come home and I'd go with him to his rehab and things like that, but I could really see quite a bit of his depression coming back. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely very tough, but I just remember my elder sister, Jackie, Especially when dad was in palliative care, she was like, I'd stopped working. I also was dating a guy at the time and I said, like, oh, I'm just, you're so lovely, but I just, I cannot take this on right now. Yeah. This, it's just not the right time for me. And I would literally just go from work to palliative care, whatever, and then just, I stopped working after a bit. But Jackie said, she's like, we as a family need to remain strong and positive around dad. You can't, we can't yeah. be weak around Outside him. Outside of it, it's yeah. okay, but... Exactly. Yeah. So that's why at the palliative care at, at Cabrini, they were amazing. And we used to go in like every week or like I'd go in there every day, but like every week we'd have parties, we'd bring like little alcohol things, we'd have like, you know, baby pizza one day, we'd have Miss Chew another, like, and we just had these parties with dad because he was such a character. He used to love entertaining. So yeah. even when he was like asleep, we just would go and... Yeah, it was a really it was it was very sad, but you got to you can't be weak at those times. You have yeah. to be strong for that. But them. also I feel like those moments like it's better to have a as weird as this sounds, it's better to have a relative, I think, having a terminal illness like cancer versus a an acute illness that you have no opportunity to have any time with them. Like we've mm. recently so my grandmother died last year like early in the year mm. and she'd had dementia for like six years yeah so it was it'd been a long time coming uh but my my grandfather died when i was like six mm. and um he died from i think i was about the same age as when my grandpa died really yeah but it was unusual it was because seven or eight. Yeah. um well it wasn't unusual he was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day and he had a heart attack and he'd had a triple bypass before that. And Sonia, we were documenting his story because he's being covered in this Greek newspaper uh, sort of thing at the moment. And wow. um, my uncle was just saying, like, it's just really, you know, like for him, it was mm. it still really upsets him because he was in Germany on a holiday at the time, got a call to say, like, uh, or no, he he by chance, was coming back the day before and the day that he landed, mm. he got a call, like, in the morning to say, like, Dad's had a heart attack and he just got in time to say goodbye to him and that was it. Wow. Yeah, and so he still really, like, is... It still upsets him yeah. to this day. Yeah, no, I'm very appreciative that we got the time to spend, even those last six months, the six weeks, whatever, I'm very appreciative we got that time together... We said what we needed to, and I actually knew exactly when he was going to pass. Yeah. I just, I have this, I talk about this in, yeah, I have this sense. It happened with my godmother, it happened mm. with my grandmother, and it also happened with my dad. And I'm like, this is weird. Am I like the angel of death? Like, <laughs> but like, I'm like, I just knew, obviously we had, the doctors said, you've only got, once he started having the morphine it's like mm. we've only got yeah as soon as they start giving I just them. had this feeling that I, I did not want to go to bed that night yeah but I I whispered into his ear and I said I was I'm pretty sure I, I wasn't the last visitor but I think I was the last family member at in the palliative care room and I said we're all here we love you um Jordan's here from Germany Orient's here everyone's in the room we've had a party together um and it's okay you can go to sleep now yeah. And I was like, and then I left and just bawled my eyes out. And then I went to bed and I just, I was like, I don't want to go to sleep yeah. because if I go to sleep, I know that I'm going to get the call. I remember there was, yeah, it was saying similar with grandma last year because they, they, it's, it's really awful. The way that they're there in bed 
and mm. because the the doctors start like um what are they I just remember on her chart it said like no recess no um they just stopped feeding her mm. and stopped giving her water and like because you know when someone's got dementia they they start to really deteriorate like more than a cancer patient it's really strange they yeah. they oh, I don't know how to explain it but like as an example she had lost her teeth so many times that it was useless her having teeth so she wow. had no teeth and it's just it's really oh, that's horrible so awful. like the yeah. way that you see them versus what they were like is very totally. different and it's also similar with all the drugs they're pumping in them yeah. they have a weird smell they do. They've got that medical, medical smell. Medical smell. And then once Dad passed away, that all went away. And he actually got, because my dad colour wasn't very front colour, he got yeah. some vibrance back into his face. And I was like, wow. Like, the yeah. next day I went back and I was like, he actually looks just so at peace. And, like, back, he obviously didn't have his hair, but I'm like, he looks like Michael again. Yeah, he looks like himself. Like, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, it was really, I just remember my, my dad, like, and I were, um, they'd give you, like, a little cotton bud with oh, water yeah. and they oh, dab yeah. like water on like yeah. their tongue because yeah. they're, they're not they allowed to give them to my, yeah. so so sad but um that is life unfortunately it's life yeah um, and i'm so grateful dad and i had a pretty good relationship but i was very scared of him for quite some time because <laughs> he just had this anger management issues and i was like oh my god i never want to do anything bad that my dad will get angry but we had a great um, last four years in particular, like when I was 17, 18 to 21. Yeah, which is good because yeah. I'm, that's when I say, you know, in a way it's nicer to have a parent have something terminal where you're you're forced in a way to, to maximise that relationship versus very sudden because I feel like people forget when you leave high school and you move out of home, that's like 99% of the time that you – there's a stat that I've seen. It's like 95 or 99% of the time that you'll ever spend with your parents in your mm, life. Mm. And not, not a lot of people r- r- realise that, no. particularly when you move interstate. Well, I'm so glad that I – I mean, I only just moved out of home and yeah. I'm like 28, <laughs> but I had those years with Dad in the new Turek house. Like yeah. I grew up in Canterbury, but I had those years, whereas a lot of my siblings didn't because they moved out or yeah. my sister moved interstate. Which is very unusual. Yeah. It's very, very, very rare to have that. Um, we are chatting before downstairs about um, grants and bonuses and whatnot. Yeah. Did you qualify for any of the um, the cash flow boosts or government yeah. grants or anything so like that? So I think that? I said earlier I downstairs that I accidentally applied for seek, job <laughs> seeker. And I'm like, wait, I'm not seeking a job. I have a job. So I am eligible for job keeper as a sole trader. Um, so, yeah, that's been very helpful, especially after I had to refund all those people. And because of this, yeah, I can't, can't actually work. So, yeah. Okay. Do you, do you know if you qualify? There was this thing called the ATO cash flow boost. Did Is you that see the 10 that? Grand, the 10 grand. Yeah, thing. I didn't see that. And someone I know applied for that and got that. And they were like, you should have done that, Zoe. And I was like, what yeah. the fuck? I didn't know. You know I was what? too busy with this. I've been fighting the ATO about it because they're fucking debating some technicality. So I'm still working that up. But mm. I found out about one from the Victorian government the day before it ended, which was so lucky. And it is if you were getting JobKeeper and you own a business and you're mm. in Melbourne and you're affected by COVID, yeah. then they were, had expanded that to give ten grand to people. And I applied on the morning yeah. and it finished at finished, 6 p.m. that yeah. night. And I was, like, trying to tell as many people as possible. But when I was also was trying this? to do what the application. What was the date? It finished on, like, the 22nd of May or the 20... No, it must have been the 29th because my birthday was earlier that week. Something like that. Oh, it was just before I came home. It's just before the end end of May. So, yeah. and that has helped us buy that camera rig, which is amazing. Damn it, you know. Very, very but that's amazing. That's okay. I'm very grateful for the job. If you had, to, if you had ten grand, what would you spend it on? Wow, it would go straight to rent. <laughs> 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 wow, so I live alone in South Yarra, and it's. It's good. I think it's. I love my place, um, but it's. Yeah, it would go straight to it. <laughs> Will you be working out of the commercial kitchen? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm working now with um, the Darling Group, and I'm very lucky to be where. I don't want to give away too much, but yes, I'm very lucky to my mentor also that's given me space, and I definitely need a commercial space just for the quantity of cookies we have to make. As I'm also going into wholesale, which I was meant to pre-COVID, oh, wow. and then all that shut down. That's exciting. So that was great. I've never been ready for wholesale. 
Um, and now I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. That is a different whole ball game. You go from... Because retail is a lot more volatile, but wholesale... Mm. Is way more consistent because I'm yes. guessing with wholesale they'd have to order a minimum amount. You right? have a minimum amount, and also I'm sort of only stocking a particular group of cafes, it kind of exclusively. Um, That's it. Who I really have worked with in the past, um, and I really respect and I really love those cafes. So I think mm. I'm not just doing it to sort of yes, I'm doing it to get money, but I'm also like that fits in with my brand. I'm always about what. Where mics. A lot of people have approached me, but I'm like, nah. nah. I don't know about going in there. I remember, what was the place in Turak Village that you did the uh, the pop-up? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Um, oh, and that recommendation, Mystery L Cafe. Oh, yes. Really good. Yes, good. I had a very weird. I had a very weird client meeting there where the guy... Yeah, I was like, what is this called? <laughs> so the meeting, the guy lived around the corner and he needed to meet me around that area because I was literally on High Street for a client shoot. Sure. And I just wanted to zip around while Lauren was still managing it and come back. Mm. And so he walks in and so this guy has one of the first alcohol-free beers made in Australia. Oh, yeah. Right? But they look like beer. Yeah. Are so they he sit They're very good. Mm. Very, very good. Um, so we're competing for like their social media contract. And, and sure. he um, puts down these three beers and he's like, oh, can we open these? And he doesn't tell them it's alcohol. It's just we're in this yeah, cafe. Yeah. And he's plonked down these beers. And I'm like, yeah. you should probably, you know, like calm them down because so, you can get in a lot of trouble for that yeah, licensing-wise. Yeah. And then he just opens it up and it just looks like we're slamming beers in this cafe. Oh, yeah, we order coffees and all yeah, that. But yeah. it's it was just such a strange meeting. And they asked me, <laughs> asked me afterwards, like, oh, is that beer? I'm like, no, it's it's mm. alcohol-free beer. and. Well, at least it's, it's interesting. The strangest, yeah. you know, encounters are generally the most interesting. They are. But it's a good cafe. I like it. It is good. I like the, the food's really good. I don't even know if I've met. Is he quite... Older guy with his yeah, wife. Yeah, I think so. It's like um, downstairs, Bedgwood & Co, sort of um, another family-run place. Yeah, is that I that really one like him. Just on the there? corner. Yeah. Great little spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was the question you asked me before that? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. <laughs> you asked me something and I was getting to it, but whatever. Um... I, I can ask you many things about e-commerce and influence and all this sort of stuff, but I'm curious to get your perspective on what's going to happen with um, the economy. Like, I mean, because you've got a perspective from what's going on in your world, mm. and I guess I'm curious because that sort of, it does fit into hospitality, but it doesn't. It's still like retail e-commerce. Mm. It's still baked or edible goods. Mm. Um, what are you noticing about how people are engaging you at the moment? Are you getting... A lot of demand in comparison yes, to last year? It, it's, yes, so it, it dramatically increased, um, okay. even pre... Well, when would we say pre-COVID? I reckon pre-COVID is anywhere mm-hmm. before Australia Day. Right, so you think, okay. Yeah, because I this is an interesting point. I had a debate with an insurer and I had to take them to the regulator because they wouldn't pay out our insurance policy because of a wedding in May, because they believed it was known oh by God, the January, January 25th. Right. See, in my business, it wasn't that. It was COVID was like after. So I'm always really busy in Easter, and that was a great. So that was back in. So March was a huge month for me. So you reckon pre-March? Yeah. Okay. Um, but March included, so pre-April. Yeah. Probably. And then April was like, yeah, I'll keep going, keep grinding. And then I was like, oh, I can't get any supplies. What am I meant to do? Blah, blah, blah. But then I've been out of physical work for about two months now, mm. so it's hard for me to say what it's going to be like coming back. I'm sort of I'm confident in my products and in my business ethic and personality that I will still have those contacts and I will mm. still have those loyal customers. I also, you know, there's customers that I've lost because they were so pissed off. So mm. you're just going to get those people. So that's fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's not good. You, you feel in your heart that it's not going to go to zero. No, no, no. I feel yeah. like if anything, I am like I've I had a mental breakdown that came to a breakthrough and yeah. I've been able to reassess my business plan and I'm just going about it a different way now. Mm. And I think it's you just have to adapt to what is happening and what I wanted to do before is not necessarily the path that I'm going down. I, yeah. You just have to – you get a, to a crossroad. And I, I'm a Capricorn, so I do take calculated risks, I think. 
And I'm, I'm very business-minded, but I can also be a bit airy-fairy and be like, oh, let's go down this track or, like, spend this money. And it's like, no, you have to be smart about what you do and not – I'm also quite – yeah, I am – I feel like I've got a smart – I can be hot-headed, but I can be smart about things and not invest all my money into something. Yeah. I just try and go about things at a slower pace because I also feel like startups, if you invest too early – in a, with a lot of money, you're you fucked. can lose that money very quickly. Yeah, you're done. It's like gambling. That, <laughs> that basically, like, do, running a startup, I feel, is, like, uh, just removing as many risks as possible. Yeah. And, like, some of those risks can be, uh, like, operational risk, like, yeah. literally that, or it could be supply chain risk, like, moving from one supplier to another, mm. like with the eggs. Mm. So it's it's little things like that, and I, I agree. I think... Um, We've had that too, and I feel like COVID, for at least our generation of entrepreneurs, mm. could be a really good lesson. It's a great lesson for existing entrepreneurs. Yeah. If, if, if someone came to me and was like, I want to start a cake business, at any time I would say, really? Do you really want yeah. to start a cake business? <laughs> like, Do you understand how stressful it is? Maybe you should just go work for someone. Because yeah. getting a salary is like, oh, that is a piece of cake. It is. It's a lot easier. But then I'd also say, yes, for existing entre- entrepreneurs, it's been a great lesson and people can – it's actually a time for everyone to slow down yeah. physically, mentally, everything and reassess what you're doing and see – and look at what is selling the most, what is the most important to your core values of a business and re- just re-look at that and see if you're actually on that path and, like, if you're not, then you have the chance to re Visit it, but if someone said to me in COVID, "I want to start this business," I'd say Get COVID fun. is a terrible time to start. Yeah. Don't <laughs> don't do start do something it. now. Yeah, do, do, maybe experiment. Maybe just in two to three years, just wait. I mean, the global this is going to be this is going to take like a good ten years to. Yeah, I think this will be like two thousand. Like the recession may be shorter. Yeah, in terms of time frame. But the recovery will be the same as it always is, which is typically uh, ten, ten yeah. years. So I think it's just, and if you want to start something, I reckon just just seriously have a think. Like I still wanted to do a pop up. I found a great location in Hawthorne, and then I was so excited. But then I went to my mum, and she's like, "Now are you sure you've just started paying your own rent? This is another, you know, three hundred bucks on top of that rent. You've got to really logistically think about this." So I'm great that I have her because she sort of brings me down. Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? The pop-ups, I'm all about the universe and signs and things like that, and I'm like, it's just not meant to be right now. In two to three years, it will be. I've enough, I have enough business going on yeah. in, like, the commercial space, the wholesale, the pop-ups that I've got at Top, uh, at top Paddock. Yeah. Um, that was a secret, but I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing by the time so this is... So we can cut it. No, no, no. <laughs> by the time, it's happening on the 4th of July, so this yeah. might be out by then. Um, so I've got that. I've got enough on my plate. Um, yeah. I think if you... I think anyone who's been through this period and has sort of recouped everything and, and like you said, has reevaluated what you're doing, if you can just focus and break even and maybe just if you're lucky, make a profit yeah. in the yeah. next 12, 18 months, then you are doing better than the vast majority of people in yeah. Australia. I think that totally. um, there's going to be, like even in our industry, we are, because we're about to hire, the amount of talent that's available. Mm. Like, I think I was reading the other day, like, 30% of the big four agencies are let go staff. Yeah. So so 30% of their workforce is now either underemployed or yes. gone. yeah. And they're not hiring any graduates. No. So it's going to be... The next 12 to 18 months is going to be tough, but I feel... I look at our scenario for both our different businesses and I have mm. a smile internally knowing that at least we'll be okay creating yeah. something else. I think... I will be okay, but it'll just I'll just have to test it yeah. and see what happens. But um, obviously there's going to be people that are not going to buy because they don't have as much money and they're, yeah. they're not going to buy cookies if you, can't, if you don't have enough money yeah. to survive. But also but it's sort of, you know, you should consider this one thing that I was talking about recently with another agency founder. It's called the lipstick effect. Yeah. So what often happens during a recession is instead of buying a Celine bag, mm. you may buy some Dior Chanel lipstick. Oh, yes. Hence the lipstick effect. Mm. So instead of maybe going out for uh, a fancy cake or uh, dinners out or cafes or whatever, maybe Mm. you'll decide to buy a nice cake to have at home or cookies to have at home. And that's exactly why even last year I sort of looked at the business model and I was like, look, this is all made to order, but 
I'm not going to make a profitable business only doing made-to-order cakes. There is enough there is enough businesses in Melbourne that do that and mm. are very successful at it. I wanted to make a product that is a cheaper product at price point but still has the quality, still quality yeah. the quality, everything that's so, – so it's actually – it's expensive for the, the item it mm. is. So my cookies aren't cheap but you're paying for – that packaging, the branding, my creativity, which also my dad said, do not sell yourself short based on your creativity. There's a lot of people that can make cookies out there, but they don't have the same brain as you. Mm. <laughs> so you've got to keep that into consideration. You pay for everything about it. There's so much love that goes into it. So I just wanted to create some products that were a cheaper price point that the average person can buy, but still be think that it's a treat for them and yeah. it's very special. It seems like at some point during all this you're watching The Founder again. Oh, yeah, I watched that and, like, uh, every couple of weeks. <laughs> and maybe there was a line, there's, there's got to be a line or two in the movie about that. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I would say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But his problem, his problem actually in the business until it became the McDonald's Corporation was he was too focused on cost cutting. Yes. Which... Um, actually deteriorated the brand quite a bit. The brand, and especially with, like, you know, the milkshakes that they had, the sachets. Oh, fucking, yeah. Like, so, yeah. Do you you remember, there's, like, a line at the end of... I would never really cut on quality products. If I can still sell it for a profitable margin, Mm. there is no reason that I would ever cut on the quality of my chocolate. Like, the chocolate I use is always Calibo, which is the top premium chocolate like if you ate a chocolate they're in my car you can try some i've got 15 kilo bags in my car but like if you tried that compared to say and i don't have a problem with nestle because i used to use nestle but if you just tried like one calibo choc chip it's not the same it's just not the same you have a totally different mouthfeel in the nestle cocoa i've tasted nestle versus cabri versus cole's home brand and, you'll always, and they are completely yes, different. Yes, and you know, but one of the best cocoa powders I've ever used is the Woolworths brand. Yeah. And you can always tell by the colour of the cocoa. Yes. The colour yeah. is uh, very defining. I still find Bourneville cocoa's colouring to be the yes. best. It's I also sort of like darker. Plasto. Okay. Yeah, that's another one. Anyway, that's Plasto is probably a great one. I also use Calibo now yeah. in cocoa powder. But if anyone's making a chocolate cake... If you don't use, if you're not making a mud cake and you're just making a, you know, f- normal flour chocolate cake, you always use a very high quality cocoa powder that is a darker colour. Yeah. <laughs> to reaffirm on one the point that you're essentially making, it's sort of like what is happening at the moment is people are owning more of their business and supply chain. Mm. A lot of like previous businesses, they would outsource X, Y, or Z. Maybe the packaging is an example. Mm. I think the more that you can own. The price can still remain at a competitive price, but the margin increases and it's still a really good product. And I think that's yeah. what we're learning. That's why we bought that camera rig because over time we'll save money by having that internally and we get better internally at doing that thing that previously yes. we would have just got outsiders to do it. Well, see, I've kind of gone the opposite. So <laughs> now because I've got this problem and for mentally I can't physically take on that amount of work, I do outsource things. Mm still under the Bake Me, Cake Me brand and, like, with pastry chefs and things like that, but, but it is sometimes it. I'm selecting it for a person who is very qualified at doing that. It's a good-tasting product and I can at least outsource that so I can use my time in the mm. most efficient and productive way somewhere else. I want to jump into rapid-fire questions now that we're uh, just yeah, what, back to him now. Yeah. Um, so during ISO, what, um, what have you been watching? Netflix. Oh, um, well, so anything on Netflix or Stan? Yeah, Stan. Or well, recently I've been watching. Is it called Love, Love, Life? Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, with Anna Kendrick. Is it good? Yeah, it's really good. What's, I like what's it. What sort of? It's sort of like a. Uh, she goes. Well, on I just love her because she's such a comedian. Like she's a comedian, really. Yeah. Um, but it's about literally just her life. Um, she goes through dating different people, and it's I don't know. It's just very relatable for okay. me, or like for any girl, or. Whatever. I think a lot I've, of girls could relate to that show. I've seen the uh, trailer for it because we watched The Great. Yes. With Nicholas Holt and um, Al Fanning, the younger oh, sister yes. of Dakota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really fucking good. Yeah. Very, very good series. So, yeah, we'll have to check out Love Life. Yeah. Um, any purchase that you made pre or during COVID, it's going to be under 200 bucks and has, like, really helped you out. A rose quartz facial roller. Oh yeah. Yeah, it what? is. It was like 
So you can buy them in Melbourne for like $100. I found this like beautiful little homeware store in Bundina and it was like $50 and it's like this brand is called Bopo Women and I bought the night oil that comes with it. So you may, you're may meant to put like a serum on your face so you okay. can roll it. And what does the rolling actually do? So the rolling is good for... Well, you can do it in two different ways. So you can actually roll it back and forth like a massage okay. or I use it for lymphatic drainage. So okay. you always do an upwards, outwards motion. Um, and then the night oil just smells beautiful. It's good for your skin and it helps the, ro- the rolling motion. Yeah. Um, it, the rose quartz, I'm all about sort of these crystals at the moment. And that I think the rose quartz <laughs> is meant to be like love. Okay. It's meant to be all about love and love yourself and things like that. Um and it's actually a rose quartz one. So they, if they're a real rose quartz stone, they remain cold. So okay. it's actually very lovely to put on your face. Ah, it's very calming. F- calming, yeah. yeah. I, I do like those roller things. That um, That is one thing that women do better than men is uh, uh, not so much relaxation, but... Um, it's just a bit it, of self-love. Yeah, like yeah. I, I've always been... I don't uh, really do it for relaxation. I do it for more like my skin to look good. I've always had a penchant for like, you know getting a massage every mm. week or every couple of weeks. Actually, totally. we had, we got, do you know Bliss Massages where they come to your house no. and they do it? It's <gasps> like an app. This? You order a masseuse on oh an app. God. It's so good. I want good. this now. So Bliss. I was like, I'm, right, I'm going to treat Lauren as well. We'll get a couple's massage and yeah. they do it in the, she set up in the bedroom so we can have the heater on and she's got her essential oils and all that. And I didn't realise how much I fucking missed having a massage. It had been three oh, months since so I'd had a massage. It like, is so Ooh. good. When I went to the physio up in New South Wales, I was like, even this is just a massage. Yeah, it's so this is good. good. Just very relaxing. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, and next one. last question for you. Yeah. What has been like, you know, obviously we've had this uh, unstacking and craziness that we saw on the shelves. What's been sort of your go-to item in the fridge that you've loved during lockdown? And for Ooh. us, it was chickpeas, tin chickpeas. Oh. Oh, tin chickpeas, eh? Mm. Um, wait, so the fridge in the supermarket or my fridge? Just your fridge or pantry at home. Well. Oh. And it can't be something that you bake with. No, no, no. So last night, remember you messaged oh, yeah. me? Sorry, I just found this item I found last night when I was in Woolies and it was this Paul's like <laughs> chocolate, chocolate mousse. mousse but I was like, was. wow, that was so good. It was like $3 for two. And I was like, that's just so worth the $1.50. Oh. So when I was a kid, we could select one treat yeah, a week. Yeah, that was so good. Or Oreos. Yeah. So which is, have you seen my cookie jar? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. I was like, Fuck. I merchandised that like Chloe Kardashian and I'm like, this is just so... I ate a whole layer of night. Jesus Christ. It's really bad. <laughs> so my go-to was either Picnic, Oreo, or yo- is it Yogo? Yeah, Yogos. Yeah. And with the chocolate chips. and you- Yeah. Yeah, that was my go-to thing. Yum. I have not had any of those sort of chocolatey mousse yogurt things in a very long time. You kind of forget how time. good they are. They just really satisfy that nostalgic. Yeah, it's the nostalgia element. Yeah. Fuck, that would be a good idea to make like a... A luxury sort of uh, moussey yoga thing. Oh yeah, bake me cake. Oh, I've got go so many that. ideas with like tiramisu, <laughs> tiramisu know, injected in these cookies, and just there's so many ideas I've got. It's just the, it's just oh, I've got new like New York City chunk coming out, and it's just you just have to plan it because if I, I get overwhelmed, if I've got yeah. too many ideas, then I just like do all this stuff, and then it's not really um, what's you, the word marketed very well, and it's no. just all over the shop. You've got to. That's one thing about being an entrepreneur is you're partly creative and so you're always thinking about new ideas. So you've got to pull yourself back, yeah. which is a good and bad thing. Yes. Um, Zoe, thanks for coming in. I know no you've got to worries. run off and uh, sort out your Colgate yeah. deal. Yes, I've got calls from Fake Boss, Mum. There's people delivering, you know, 40 cakes at my house. What? Um, where can people find you on the interwebs? Bakemecakeme.com. Um, and Bake Me Cake Me Instagram. They can find my personal one on Instagram, Facebook. I think the Facebook one's the original Bake Me Cake Me because that is a whole other issue of someone <laughs> trying to steal my name, but I have the trademark, so they can't That's do good. anything. Yeah. Right, Zoe, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thanks for listening in to this episode. If you like it, do leave us a written review on your podcast app, as it helps us continue going on a weekly basis and we do love reading those reviews as well. Uh, If you want the show notes, you can find that below 
or with our previous guests at neural.com slash podcast. That's N-E-U-R-A-L-L-E.com slash podcast. To watch the full video, search Uncommon Show on YouTube, and to keep up to date with behind the scenes and clips for the show, you can find us at Uncommon underscore show on Instagram. But until next time, guys, thank you so much for listening.